Hello and good random time of day to you. <laughs> I don't know what time you listen to this. Uh, this is true. <laughs> it's like a good yeah. good morning, yeah. good evening, good afternoon. And in case I don't, no, good morning. And if I case they don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. There you go. <laughs> because, you know, if I can quote the Truman Show, I will. Uh, <laughs> welcome to episode... 42. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> 42, it's the answer to life. 42. The universe and everything. Yes. Uh, yeah, so yes. welcome to episode 42 of the Wayward Dragons podcast. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. We um, we are currently in a mini series about the Satanic Panic. Um, the first episode we kind of went over the overview terms of the Satanic Panic itself with some general terms, and then Johnny talked about D and D and the Satanic Panic and how they are linked. Um, so in this episode, we're going to talk about cults that rose up. During the satanic panic. So you're going to be listening to me this time. Um, I am going to do a massive trigger warning before we get into this and we do our hi, how are yous. Um, I am going to be talking about a lot of cults. So that's going to mean I'm going to be talking about a lot of things, including child abuse, abuse in general to people, murder, mass suicide, and just a lot of horrible things in general. So, if you're not a big true crime fan, please stop, rewind, and join us on the next episode. So, now that that's out of the way, how are you? (laughs) I'm making it. No massive complaints, just kind of skating by in life as I think everyone else our age is. Yeah, I feel that. What about yourself? Mentally exhausted. Mentally exhausted. Um, I know that I'll be okay because there, there's an end in sight. Um, I just have to remind myself that it's okay to feel overwhelmed. Um, and it, it's it's going to be over soon. So it's it's just a lot of overwhelming things got a lot to do and not enough time in the day to do them but i'll eventually get everything done this just might not happen on the schedule which i want it to happen on so so yeah everything happens when it's meant to happen yeah it's just as dumbing cliche as that sounds i know i know so let's get into this episode so we're going to be talking about a lot of different cults. Um, for this episode, I'm going to start with the most present ones and then work our way backwards. So like I said, trigger warning, if you're not comfortable with true crime, child abuse, sexual abuse, just all the horrible things in life in general, please stop, turn around and skip ahead to the next episode. Um, so the first cult we're going to talk about, um, it's pronounced Nexium, just like the heartburn medication. Um, so this cult was actually in the news not too long ago. 
um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, it was found by Keith Rainier, and basically he founded this company, Nexium, and it is a front to a cult um, called Dose or The View. Um, but basically Nexium kind of started out as a company that would um, hold like self-improvement <laughs> seminars <laughs> for people um, yeah, and for it's companies. A, it's a self-help pyramid scheme is yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, and it, it roped a lot of like college students in, um, but it's most famous for roping in the um, Smallville actress Allison Mark. Um, Mac. Mac. Mark. Mac. It's Mac. Um, yeah, Mac. trust me. I I was really sad when I found out about that because that's I a good show. Loved her. But basically, it like Johnny said, it, it's a pyramid scheme of a self um, improvement type thing. They would hold these seminars. And they would kind of brainwash these people into joining their cult um, behind the scenes. It was a kind of sex slave type cult. Um, he was known to brand a lot of his female followers. You would, they would be, um, they would be blackmailed into staying. Um, and just a lot of horrible stuff happened to them. Um, eventually, we will go into full length episodes to with all these cults at some point to kind of break up all the occult stuff that we do talk about. So I'm just going to give a brief overview of all these. I should have said that in the beginning. This is just going to be a blanket overview of these cults. We're not going to go deep diving into them. That's for a later date. Um, but basically it was a sex slave, sex trafficking cult. He would groom young students, um, young female students into joining the cult um the they were made to believe that keith was the super intelligent super ethical person um he barely passed school with a 2.74 gpa i think is what wikipedia says yeah he was an idiot i think i mean well, not not to say that people with low intelligence are idiots but he was uh, an idiot. <laughs> he he was an idiot. He was also not very bright. The two no. are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um. But at the height, there were seven hundred members. There are multiple shows that you can watch about this cult. I want to say there's one on Netflix about this. Let me go down to the end of the Wikipedia page. It'll tell me. It was like, there's a series of variety. It's called World's Most Dangerous Cults that has an episode of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A&E investigates cults in extreme, extreme beliefs. There's one hour episode dedicated to the cult. Um, Investigation Discovery released a two hour special, The Lost Women of Nexium in 2019. Um, HBO released a docu-series called The Vow in 2020, August of 2020. Stars released a docu-series, Seduce Inside the Nexium Cult, 
that was released in October 2020. Um, but honestly, most people know because know about the cult because of the Smallville actress. Um, she was convicted of like sex trafficking and a couple other charges. Um, I think she said it said that she's doing community service. And then Keith Rainier was convicted of a lot more charges and will never be released from prison. <laughs> so. I need to bookmark that page because I started these backwards. So, the next one we're going to talk about um, is Love Has Won. So, this cult became kind of famous um, or became known um, because the mummified remains of the founder, Amy Carson, um, were found in April of 2021. Um, police found her mummified remains. It was estimated that she had been dead for a couple of weeks by the time the cops had found her. Um, but basically, Amy Carson was the founder of the cult. She claimed to be um, Jesus Christ incarnated. Marilyn Monroe incarnated, plus 534 other beings. <laughs> the members called her Mother God. She was apparently 19 billion years old. Um, she claimed to cure cancer and talk to angels. Um, one of the reasons why the police were kind of at the house was there were allegations of child abuse. Um, there were like seven members that were arrested when they found her body for abuse of a corpse plus multiple child abuse charges. So that's how the cult got known. Um, but they're ma they're mainly known for her live streaming. She would live stream on YouTube, um, kind of giving her message for the day type thing. Um, and trying to get people to donate and to kind of get these self-care vitamins. So she brainwashed a lot of people and just like any cult, it's it's a lot of brainwashing. Um, all the members that she recruited gave all their worldly possessions to her, money. Um, it, it was a lot of abuse. If you read a lot of the articles and stuff about the cult, she would, she was horrible to people. Um, she would get very drunk and beat people within the cult, beat children of the people in the cult. It, it was just bad. Um, so th those two are the most recent that are interesting. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is School of Prophets. So this was founded by John, or not John, Ron Lafferty. Um, he was a self-professed prophet. Um, he was actually excommunicated from the Mormon church, him and one of his brothers. So they started a splinter group with the remaining brothers. So five, six total. Um, they wanted to reinstate polygamy because the Mormon church actually got rid of polygamy in the late 1800s, maybe, I think, if I remember right. Um, well, at the 
that's that's a whole thing. It, it's I was like it kind of depends on one article you read. Well, technically they did do away with polygamy, but also like the main church did, but then it kind of split up. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on what church you're looking at determines whether there's polygamy or not. Um, But basically in the church, you receive revelations and that's how you communicate with God is God gives you kind of revelations about your personal life. That's normal. Um, You are decided you are seen as a prophet when you receive revelations about the church. And John was claiming that he was having revelations about the church. He had one about his ex-wife. Um, and this was after his ex-wife had fled and removed the children from the home and fled to Florida. And he said that she was, um, the bride of Satan in a previous life. So, um, but one of the reasons why he made the news and why he is known, the cult is known, is he received a revelation about the murder of four people. So apparently God gave him the message that his brother's wife, his niece, and two other people had to go, including the person that he saw responsible for his excommunication. Um, He recruited his brother, Dan, and they killed his brother, Alan, Alan's wife, Brenda, and their niece. Um, They thankfully didn't get to the last two people in his revelation because one was home and they got lost to the last one so after they killed um the sister-in-law and the niece they fled to nevada and thankfully the hitchhikers that they recruited that he they recruited into their cult turned on them and that's how kind of they were caught um and convicted he's back i'm sorry (laughs) paul has made himself known today He's making himself known. He's become very needy the last week. Hi, buddy. Um, you're on my notes, and I need my notes. <laughs> um, so the next one we're going to talk about um, is the Unification Church. So this was founded in the late 18... In the 80s. Um... It was first, well, let me back up. It came to the U.S. and became very popular in the 18, in the 80s. It has been around since after World War II. Um, So this started in South Korea. Um, It came to the U.S. in the 1950s. Um, But what it's most known for is its mass wedding ceremonies. So you there's one that happened here in the u.s in madison square gardens where the founder um if i can find his name sun sun moon married over two thousand couples um and over half of them were matched by moon himself um but that's what the cult is basically known for is the mass wedding ceremonies that take place and the mass wedding ceremonies are still taking place um, in 2016, there was a ceremony of over 3,000 couples that were married. Um, Moon actually died in either 2012 or 2013, depending on what article you read. 
But basically the cult began after World War II. Moon started preaching when Japan left South Korea. Um, he kind of became kind of fascinated with communism and a couple other things and just started walking around and preaching. He eventually actually got into North Korea and he got arrested in North Korea because they thought he was spying because he was from South Korea. Um, <laughs> um, he uh, co-wrote a book with his wife and a very early disciple called the divine principle. And that is the main belief system for the cult. It is their Bible and it's, written very similar to the bible in um there are creation myths and there's you know original sins and stuff like that um and why they are known for the mass ceremony the mass wedding ceremonies so they have a belief in the um serpent seed um interpretation of the original sin um and the fall of man basically this is a belief that Eve was sexually seduced by Satan unless the human uh, bloodline is sinful due to it being directly descending from Satan. So throughout the blessing, the members believe that the couple is being removed from the lineage of sinful humanity and they're being restored back to, into God's sinless lineage. It's a lot of weirdness. It's a lot of weirdness. I mean, most cults are a lot of weirdness, but... That's it funny. is. It is. I tried to find the one that's... There was... Uh, I'll have to find it. But there, there's a cult here in the U.S. Um, with a very strong belief about guns. Like, they, it's a church of guns, and they bring their guns to church. And, like, it's... Oh, I thought like, you were going to say the Proud Boys, because that's a cult that's... No, we're not going to talk about them. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that we're both gonna get angry if we talk about that um so the next one we're gonna talk about the famous people's temple so before i really get into this there's an amazing podcast called case file casey does like a four to six part series and these are hour plus long episodes of this whole cult um, and he goes into beautiful detail about everything. So this is going to be a lot shorter. So he goes into Jim Jones and everything. Um, so basically this cult was founded in 1955 by Jim Jones. Um, it started out in Indianapolis, Indiana. They eventually moved to Eureka, California, and then they eventually moved to Guana in Africa. Every, they are known for what happens in Africa. Um, but basically, Jim Jones becomes very paranoid about a nuclear attack and creating um, like the ultimate paradise. Because um, you have to think in 1955, kind of what's going on in the world, we have civil rights movements happening and a lot of racial things are happening. So the church is actually his people's temple is um, interracial because Jim Jones is African-American. And so because he becomes paranoid and wants to create this kind of utopia, he gets land in Guana, Africa, and they start building this temple type thing, this um, commune, you can call it, 
Um, and what they are known for is the mass suicide that happens. So in November of 17 or 1978, um, Congressman Leo Ryan was visiting the compound to investigate claims, claims of abuse that were happening. And while he was there, um, many, many members expressed the desire to leave with him. And what happens is, is when he goes to the airstrip to go back home, some members that didn't want the other members to leave with him um, attack the congressman and unfortunately kill the congressman, along with a lot of other people there. Um, this this triggers the mass suicide that happens um, basically when the members get back to the compound. This triggers Jim Jones's doomsday. Um, I actually did not know, and when I was listening to the case file, because I love case file, when I was listening to his series about this, I did not know that he conditioned his members. So he was doing this drill for months, months beforehand to kind of make sure that it was, they would do this very willingly and there would be no complications. Unfortunately, there were complications and it was a very sad experience. Um, for a lot of people, it was a very horrific experience. Um, but basically what happens is, is when they get back to the compound, Jim Jones gives a signal and they start the doomsday. They mix cyanide with um, grape flavor aid. That's where you get the saying, don't drink the Kool-Aid, don't drink the flavor, flavor aid. This is where that saying comes from. Um, and they start passing the flavor aid off to people once a lot of the members figure out that this is not a drill. This is actually happening for real. You start seeing people pushing back. Um, they start shooting people. They start forcibly giving them the Kool-Aid, the flavor aid and injecting babies and other members with the cyanide. Um, in total, including the attack on the airstrip, over 900 people died during that mass suicide and the attack. It is one of the biggest mass suicides recorded it is horrific absolutely horrific jim jones i will say is a very interesting person to listen about um he's uh, like everybody a super complicated person i highly recommend the series that case file does on this he did it absolutely beautifully he does not skip anything there's no stone no stone left unturned so i highly recommend that series for people if you want to learn more about the people's temple because there's a lot I didn't even know, and I've watched a lot of stuff about that. Yeah, so weird fact about Jim Jones. Uh, there's actually pictures of him uh, when he was a little bit younger, and then pictures of my grandpa. And uh, my grandpa actually looks, looked like Jim Jones in certain pictures. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah that's nuts because my mom has always said like don't drink the, the gatorade like you know don't drink don't drink the water like i've always heard those and to learn the reason behind that it's so sad that's crazy though with your grandpa that's crazy yeah looks like it yeah, i thought it was funny that's crazy because there's a lot of like homophobic things that happen and like everything else the the cult is very sexual and lots of 
my favorite homophobic thing that happened with it, and this cracks me up so much, is that Jim Jones <laughs> would tell all the men that they were gay, and the only way for them to not be gay and for their salvation was for them to give him a blowjob. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, huh? Uh-oh. How does that work? Not that. Okay. Like, you, your logic doesn't match mine, but okay. Whatever, buddy. So, next one we're going to talk about is Children of God. So, this is one of many names for the occult, for this cult. Um, this is the first one that it starts out with. Um, it was founded in the late 60s by David Berg. Um, the reason for the name changes is there is a lot of abuse um, allegations that come to the surface. So they kind of rebrand the cult. That's why their name changes so many times. The most famous members of this cult, there's a couple, um, but most people will know River and Joaquin Phoenix. They actually grew up in the cult for a little bit of time and Rose... I forget Rose's last name. She's an actress. Um, She's another famous person that was part of this cult at one time. Um, The other names that this cult goes by is Family of Love and the Family International or the Family. Depending on where you're at. Um, Basically, they wanted to spread the message of salvation, apocalypticism, um, and a spiritual revolution in happiness and the distrust of the outside world. Basically, they foretold of a antichrist dictator type person and there would be a rise of a brutal one world government and it would be overthrown by the second coming of Christ. David communicated to his people with or followers with letters and those became known as the Mo letters um, because he called he called himself so many names. But he said that he was God's prophet. Um, but they are actually most known for flirting fishing. So basically they would kind of tell the women of the cult to go hook up with potential um, converts and start a sexual relationship with these people um, to get them to convert into to the cult. Um, by 1972, they stated that they had 130 groups worldwide. And by the late 70s, they had colonies in 70 different countries. Um, I want to say there's a there's a series about the children in this group. Um, I forget what where we watched it. It might have been Netflix. They talk about the behind the scenes of this. It talks about a couple of girls that they interview. Um, and the abuse. in the Because it's horrible child abuse that happens. Um, a lot of grooming. A lot of sexual abuse. Um, I want to say that that show is on Netflix. really want to say um the next one we're going to talk about is the branch davians so this is this is a cult that sorry what did you just call them the branch davians that's the original name yep and it is the cult that was out in waco texas you mean the branch davidians Davidians, whatever. <laughs> I was, I've had a long I was like, morning. I was like, Davidians. 
Damien's. Is this something I don't know? <laughs> I and look, look. Whatever mind spiciness I got going up up in here has no, been fucking horrible this last week. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. The ADHD in whatever's going on up here, full fucking force right now. Full force. Yeah, full force. It's fucking horrible. Um, but everybody knows this is about is the this is the cult behind Waco, Texas. Um and this is interesting. This is interesting. And I I wanna say Case File does a podcast episode on this, but I'm wrong. I'm more than likely wrong. Um but basically David Korish. Koresh. That's actually not his actual David, name. David Koresh. David Koresh. That's not his given name. That is the name that he gives himself within the cult because he calls himself again multiple names based on David. Um, but he believes that he can talk to God. He thought the world was ending. They have over a hundred members. Um, basically, they're into polygamy, having super young brides. Um, but they're most known for the raid that happens in '93. So we'll we'll get to that, um, but basically the branch was founded by Benjamin Rodean in 1955. Um, this was kind of a part of the General Association of Davidian Seventh Day of Venice. Back to Mormonism again, um, but that part because it's like a big branch so you have the original group which was founded in 1935 and then you have the group that benjamin founds from this original group and then you have the branch that david creates so it's it's a lot of splintering that happens um but basically this is kind of an offshoot um of seventh day of venice um, because Victor's ideas were rejected. So he gathered up all his followers in the 1930s and they moved to Waco and bought a big property and that's where they were. Um, but they wanted to restore the Davidic kingdom of Israel, whatever that means. I didn't look up that. Um, but basically David Koish, Ko whatever Ver is his birth name is vernon howell um he rose to power because he was actually having an affair or he was her consort i guess um to benjamin roden's wife lois <laughs> so that's kind of how he rises to power and stuff he wanted to create a line of world leaders um, but this, the fact that he wanted to create a lot of world leaders, this is what kind of serves as the excuse or not the excuse, the reason behind the ATF raid, because there were allegations of a lot of child abuse that happens, um, sexual abuse and illegal weapons. Um, so on February 28th of 1993, the ATF 
go into the compound with the goal of arresting David. This starts a 51-day standoff, um, and at the end of it, 75 people are dead, including David. Um, Four ATF agents are killed, 16 are wounded. Um, The FBI eventually gets involved because of the dead ATF agents. Um, Well, so if I could... There is a lot that went on during the whole yeah. Waco siege. And there was a lot. I'm just both, condensing. Yeah, both sides are responsible for mm-hmm. how awry the whole thing went. Both yeah. the government and the individuals involved. And yeah. let me tell you, if you look it up, it is a complete shit show. It is. Stuff ends up on fire. Like, it. it is horrible what happens it's it is it's an absolute shit show of how everything was handled everything it horrible um they were able to negotiate the release of 19 children before everything kind of started to hit the fan um but yeah that that was a bad that was bad that was bad um the next one we're going to talk about is Aum Shinraiko. I'm going to butcher that. So I'm going to call him Soko. Yes, <laughs> that's his actual name. <laughs> um basically is founded in the 80s. Um Shoko by Shoko um Ashariya. he claimed to be christ at one point he had tens of thousands of followers um and this cult actually starts in japan this is a japanese cult and they are known for a very horrific thing um but basically it started out as a meditation and yoga class and it slowly progressed from there to kind of an end of the world cult. Um, it gained its official status as a religious organization in 1989. Um, it would attract a lot of Japanese, of a lot of Japan's elite universities graduates. It became known as the religion of the elite. Um, his mission was, um, he was taking it upon himself the sins of the world and he claimed he could transfer spiritual power to his followers and ultimately take away their sins and their horrible deeds that they have done um they originally weren't really associated with anything major um he became a really obsessed with biblical prophecies they kind of started their own um like propaganda campaign through comics animated cartoons they would attempt to put religious their religious ideas into popular anime and magna at the time maga how do you pronounce that magna themes so he they would put out their it's own manga sorry i thought manga. i forgot i was muted yeah <laughs> I forgot I was muted. i'm like here so, answering you and then i'm just I like see, oh wait shit i could see your lips move <laughs> um but basically, he was putting out his own propaganda. Um, and 
this all leads to a head on March 20th in 1995. Followers leave five bags filled with a toxic nerve agent on three Tokyo train lines during rush hour. This causes 13 people to die. Over 5,000 people were injured. Um, as months went by, they tried to do another uh, uh, another subway attack. Unfortunately, it failed. Um, Soko plus 12 other members were sent to, sentenced to death. Um, seven including the founder, were executed in July of 2018. Yeah, so, then, the, uh, so he's actually pretty interesting individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But he was uh, actually blind in one eye and went to a blind mm-hmm. kid's school. Yeah. And... Yeah, you can tell in his uh, picture... Yeah, and then uh, he like tricked all these people and gave them all his money. But mm-hmm. like you said, a lot of the people that followed him were like actual intellectuals and stuff, and they bought mm-hmm. into all of his yeah. BS. Yeah, that's what amazes me is it's a lot of these smart kids that go to a lot of these elite that were going to a lot of these elite Japanese universities that got roped into this. So that that is astonishing. Um, so the next one we're going to talk about is Heaven's Gate. This is another mass suicide one. Um, this started in the early 70s by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. Um, they dubbed their followers the crew. Um, Applewhite was basically kind of the center of this. Um, he told his followers a lot of things, mainly that he was the second coming of Christ, the world was ending, and that God was an alien. They believed that they could transform themselves into immortal extraterrestrial beings by rejecting human nature, and they would descend, ascend into heaven. Um, a lot of this changed after Nettle's death of cancer in 1985. This kind of challenges their, their views um, but basically, just like every cult, they were isolated from their family. Um, they were to give all their possessions away, and they would go on a master cleanse of lemonade, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup, and this was to help get rid of, um, any sexual thoughts that they had. Eight male members of the group actually volunteered to get castrated. Um, but they are, like I said, known for the mass suicide that happens. Um, 39 members total die. They drink a concoction of vodka and they eat applesauce and pudding, which contains barbiturates. And they put a bag over their head to suffocate themselves. Um, they all wear the same outfits. And I think you told me there's, there's change. Is this the one where there's change in the pocket? Yeah, there's there's an exact I don't remember the exact number, but there's change it's, in the pocket. They yeah. wear the same uh jogging suit and the exact same limited edition Nikes. Yeah. Uh interesting fact about Heaven's Gate is that the great late actress Nichelle Nichols, who was iconic for her role as a horror on Star Trek, the original series and multiple mm-hmm. of the movies, uh 
that came out from the original crew. Uh, her brother was one of the cult members. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, That's... they had, they, they actually, um, their website is still active because all but four members quote unquote joined the spaceship and their website yeah. is still active. You can still contact them for mm-hmm. information. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one was crazy. And then the most famous and the most creepy is Charles Manson and the family. So this starts in the late 60s and Charles Manson is a very interesting character. Um, in and out of prison. And he's, he's a very manipul- intelligent and a very manipulative person. And the shit that that man got away with is absolutely astonishing. Um, well, did you know that Manson actually got the most of most of his beliefs for like Helter Skelter and all that from another cult? Yes, I don't remember what one though. It's the Fountain Cult that uh, it was in Los Angeles from uh, the like sixties and into the seventies. Yeah, the the WKFL Foundation of the World Cult. They. <laughs> that's well. That's actually an interesting one. Quick aside here. No, uh, that's actually an interesting one because the members of that cult, two of the members, kept trying to get their wives and kids to leave, and their wives mm-hmm. wouldn't leave because the guy was that ran it had such an issue. The guys actually went, bought explosives like dynamite for a project a landscaping project they were working on and went to talk to the main guy and blew themselves up to kill the guy to free their family. So the two guys committed suicide in order to take the leader of that cult out to free his family. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. But back to Charles Manson. Sorry. He was in the news. No, you're fine. I was like, he was actually, Charles Manson was in the news not too long ago when he passed away um, because of the person claiming his body. <laughs> so Who claimed his body? His son. But it, it, it was a lot of hoops and stuff to prove that he was his son. And it was there's so much drama revolving around Charles Manson's body. Um, but they settled in Spockin' ranch it was a former um movie tv studio in la there was a lot of drugs and again we've worked our way from present to backwards so you have to think during the late 60s lsd lsd is becoming known and it is being experimented with um so part of charles manson's thing is obviously brainwash and brainwashing through the use of LSD. Um, Charles Manson and the family during this time, which I thought was interesting. um, So they become part of a trial, a clinical trial of the use of LSD on the brain. And 
David Smith, who is one of the physicians at this clinic that did that Charles Manson and the family are a part of, he actually writes a book about the clinical trials that he was a part of, and he writes about Charles Manson manipulating them through like the family. He he watched it happen of the manipulation and stuff that was happening with the use of LSD because Charles would not take a, as big of a dose as everybody else. Yes, he would still take the LSD, but it was a quarter of what everybody else was taking. So that way he could remain in control of everybody. Um, yeah. I thought that was the book is called love needs care. Um, and it is about David Smith's time at the Hyatt Albury free medical clinic um and charles manson and the family are actually part of that book because they were part of the clinical trials that was happening at this time um but basically he controlled everybody through the use of lsd and acid um there was a lot of mandatory orgies and a lot of weird sexual stuff that would happen and that's how he controlled everybody um and he was pushing his idea of an intimate race war the cult started when he was released from jail on probation in 1967 um, cause he moves to San Fran, that's San Francisco. That's where he discovers LSD. Um, and that's where he starts becoming a part of the clinical trial. He then reads, um, Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert A. Hyland, H-E-I-N-L-E-I-N. Hyland. Hyland. Um, it's a sci-fi novel. After that, he starts preaching about self-love. Um, and then we get to what they are most known for. So they are most known for a two-night killing spree of five people. Um, in August, early August of 1969, they start cruising L.A., and they come across a house that the actress Sharon Tate is in, um, and she's hosting people and they kill Sharon Tate. They use her blood to write pig on the wall in that, like, if you see pictures of that crime scene, that is an actual, actually a horrible crime scene. Um, they carve words into the bodies. It is absolutely horrible. So the next night they kill two more people. Um, and not long after that, they all get arrested. Um, even though Charles Manson is not actually, he does not participate in the murders. He is convicted because he kind of pushes this idea that these people need to die, um, with Helter Skelter, um, the song off the Beatles white album. Um, and, the trial itself is super fucking crazy. If you look at the pictures, um, he carves an X into his head and then the girls carve an X into their head. He gets a swastika in the middle of his forehead. Um, part of the family camps out outside the courthouse trying to say that they're not guilty and they don't need to be jailed. The trial itself is an absolute spectacle but he is found guilty of all seven counts of murder including sharon tate and her unborn baby 
So I figured it'd be a good note to end on Charles Manson. Um, I did not know that the trial was over 22 weeks. So some honorable mentions. Um, Rajneesh Purim. There, there's an actual show called Wild Wild Country on Netflix that is all about this this cult. It's actually really interesting. Um, we will definitely do an episode about them because they are super manipulative. Because um, it's like a Jim Jones type thing. Jim Jones was heavily into the political scene at the time and so was one of the founders of this Rajneesh thing. Um, Angels Landing, Church of the Lamb of God, Matamoros cult. They're known in Mexico for their human sacrifices. They were in the news actually not too long ago for that. Um, Order of the Solar Temple. A lot of those people, a lot of people know that one um, because of all these suicides that kind of happened all around the world at the same time. That's what that one is. Um, Russian Doomsday Cult. And I found this in more than one article, and it's a really long one. Movement of the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. So that's just a brief overview of a lot of cults that popped up during the Satanic Panic. Obviously, there was a lot more, and obviously they're still around if we still have Love Has Won and Nexium. Obviously, they're still here. They're not going to go away, obviously. They've been around for a very long time. They just kind of get new faces and new names. But I mean, they're kind of the same thing. The leader's the prophet. The end of the world's coming. Give me all your money, and I want your wife, too. In a nutshell. Yep. <laughs> In a nutshell. That's what they all are. So now time for our bi-weekly tarot card reading. Do you want to go, go first? <laughs> I can go first. <laughs> I can go first. I can go first. It's fine. So I... Huh? I can go first. You Are you sure? I, I I can. I got it all ready to go. We say it at the exact same time. <laughs> no, go ahead. And, I, and I'll edit. I'll make it work. Um. So in, I have the nine before Christmas deck. So I pulled the Queen of Presents. It is Mrs. Hoop. It is Mrs. Claus. She's so cute. Uh, Mrs. Hoop. Mrs. Claus. <laughs> um. So. It's actually the Queen of Pentacles. Um, words associated is practicality, creature comforts, and financial security. Um, to meet the Queen of Pentacles is to be ushered into a warm and loving home where you will be nurtured and taken care of. It is easy to see that the greatest joy of the Queen of Pentacles is to take care of others to make sure that her visitors feel happy. Even when times are tough, the Queen of Pentacles makes do she finds a use for all things handle situations with sensibility practicality and serenity for this reason she is usually adept at her work and has achieved much success in her career to see her means that you are called to approach the situation with common with simple common sense or it is an indication that financial and worldly stability st yeah is here okie dokie <laughs> What about you? So I pulled the two of cups. 
reversed, actually. So, at its essence, the reverse Two of Cups is about self-love. Love in any form starts with love for yourself. When you love yourself unconditionally, you accept and appreciate who you are and you respect and honor the most authentic version of yourself. You also welcome a life of happiness because you fundamentally believe you deserve it and you're right. Uh, when you come from this place of self-love, self-acceptance, and self-respect, you will have more fulfilling, loving relationships with others. It all starts with self-love. There's a bunch of other stuff here, but I ain't gonna go into all that. <laughs> so self-reflection and self-love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, this is what I think. While you do help others and stuff, and you make sure that everybody else is taken care of, you need to make sure that you are also taking care of yourself. Yes. And your, 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 the work that you're putting into making sure everybody else is okay, it's paying off. But it's not going to completely pay off if you don't take time for yourself and take yeah, care of you. In all things. Which is very true for me right now. <laughs> very true. Because, yeah. I feel like I'm getting pulled in 50 different directions and I can't get done what everybody else wants me to get done and what I want to get done. And I've had to stop stop and step back because I'm eventually getting to where I need to be but I can't be right. present for everybody if I constantly worry about everybody else and not myself right because I mean you got a lot of big things <laughs> going on with you right now yeah and you know with our conversation yeah. that we had before started recording and everything and all that jazz. You, you know, I yep. know you're dealing with a lot there. Oh, yeah. You're just going to have to remember to make sure you're taking care of yourself and remember that it's about you. Oh, I know. I don't like being the center of attention. That's my problem. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What about you? Does it make sense for you? Does it ring for you? Um, in part, there's some other stuff involved with the the reading that, in part, relates to that. But also, there's other stuff. Yeah. So. So. You can find us on Facebook. You. Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. The hands that you see in the videos are my hands. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And please tell a friend or tell your enemy. It's up to you. 
if you have a topic <laughs> you think we should cover or if you have a book recommendation you can email us at thewaverdragons at gmail.com but please rate review subscribe and please 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 tell a friend so until next time i'm johnny and i'm kelsey bye